Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. Welcome to my first midweek podcast. Yes, I'm now going to start doing two a week. There's too much information coming at too fast a pace for me to do it once a week anymore. And uh, I did have that vote, and unanimously, I think. Well, there was actually a couple people that said they wanted the hour-long podcast, but most of you said you would prefer having two 30-minute. So, here we are. Episode 21. The one thing I left off last week's podcast was how AI is becoming really scary. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But right now, I want to comment about what happened in Nashville, Tennessee. My heart goes out to the community, to the families affected, to the schools invaded by this mentally ill person who decided to end six lives that day. My heart is broken, as it is every time I hear about these school shootings. Why do people attack schools? Why is that happening so often? I believe one of the real reasons is schools are soft targets. They're gun-free zones. People that want to commit mass destruction and get their names in the media will do it at a place they know they can get away with it and, and cause the most destruction and face the least resistance. Also, I want to commend the officers. They were fantastic. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Unlike the police officers in Uvalde, Texas or Parkland, Florida, they were brave and took immediate action following the instructions of a school official. And uh, the other cops were cowards and only created a perimeter outside of the schools and waited outside the classroom, even though they had riot shields to protect them. Now, I don't know if you guys saw that, but in Uvalde, Texas, those cops actually stood outside of the classroom. They knew the assailant was inside with bulletproof shields and still didn't go into the classroom and take down that shooter. So again, I want to commend the police officers in Nashville, Tennessee. Fantastic job, guys and gals. Amazing, amazing job. You went in quickly. You were, of course, guided and inspired by the school administrator, I believe, who gave her life for the children to try and protect the children. And, and oh my goodness, the braveness of the nine-year-old girl who pulled the fire alarm or went to pull the fire alarm and was killed trying to do that. And she was trying to pull the fire alarm to warn everyone else in the school and give them the warning to get out. So a lot of amazing um, people and reactions to this school shooting. And yes, it's another school shooting. The people on the left are very quick to point out how many we've had. And I think I talked about this, but if not, I'm going to emphasize this again. 
back about 15 years ago, I think it was. It was right after um, Columbine. They changed the definition of school shooting or mass shooting. Both of them go in the same category. Mass shooting used to be four or more people killed, not including the shooter. But they changed that to be four or more shot or killed, including the shooter. So, of course, the numbers are going to be much, much higher. Now, any shooting is one too many. Absolutely. But you'll notice the Democrats are using this for political gain and trying to ban assault weapons. However, they seem to be ignoring the fact that overwhelmingly the people that are committing these mass and school shootings are mentally ill. So I see big, you know, people like big celebrities and stuff talking about, we must ban assault weapons. We must ban assault weapons. We must ban guns. We must ban assault weapons. But they're not willing to address the main issue, in my opinion. My opinion is we have a problem with mental illness in this country. With this particular case in Nashville, Tennessee, now, I honestly don't know. I thought for sure at the beginning, this was a m person that was born male that was identifying as a trans female because the media all said it was a female that committed this crime. It was a female that committed this crime. It was a female that committed this crime. And in the past, they all have gone along with a delusion. If someone identifies as a trans female, they identify them as female. If someone identifies as a trans male, they identify them as he or him and as a male. So if, in fact, this time it was a person that was born female and is transitioning to be male, and that there is one online profile where this person, and by the way, you'll notice I will never use the name of the person committing the crime because we tend to glorify these people in the media. They rattle off their name left and right and put their picture up everywhere and anywhere. And I believe this inspires others to do the same. So I will never use the name of the assailant. So once again, if this was a person that was born female, this will be the first time that I know of where the media didn't go along with their delusion of identifying as a different sex. So because of that, I am still inclined to believe this was a person who was born male and was transitioning to be a female and identifying as a female because all the media outlets are saying that this is a transgender woman. So, uh, like I said, this is one that really threw me off because I usually know right away whether that is a trans man or a trans woman because of how the media treats it.
But this time I've seen some mixed reports. I've seen reports saying that this person was born male and identifying as female. And I've seen reports where this person was born female and was transitioning and identifying as a male. Either way, this person was suffering from mental illness, was being treated for mental illness. And I am very interested to hear this manifesto when they finally release it publicly. I do know that this person left a note to a friend or a relative saying that this was going to be their last communication, that they intended to die and that they would see them in, the, in another life. So I do know that this person was committing this crime on purpose and was intending to die committing the crime. Or in other words, suicide by cop. One other thing that makes me inclined to believe this was a transgender woman or a person that was born male, I find it really hard to believe that a woman would ever shoot children. I just don't believe that would happen. I'm sure it probably has happened in life, uh, in our history, uh, in places. I know the Manson followers were female. And, you know, they committed those horrific crimes. But I just, I find it hard to believe that a female would shoot young children. I just don't think the maternal instinct and the tendencies towards nurturing that all women have would allow them to do that. Also, and I'm sorry to say this, but I think this was a major fail in parenting because this person had seven legally purchased guns and kept them in their room living with their parents and their parents didn't know? Wow. Also, a really interesting detail to note in this, this deranged idiot was actually targeting another school first, but that school was very well protected and all the doors were locked. So this assailant moved on to their second choice in targets. That alone should be something we consider for school safety. We need to close and lock the doors. And we need to have a off-duty officer that doesn't make children feel intimidated by a police officer. But honestly, if children are raised correctly to respect authority, they shouldn't be afraid of a police officer. As a matter of fact, I know many children that go up and shake hands with officers because they, they and, and I, I actually saw a really cute video of one, one uh, little boy going up and giving a hug to an officer too. If you raise your children correctly, that should be the response of children seeing police officers. Now, teenagers and, and young criminals should not feel safe or uh, comfortable at all around police officers, they should feel worried that they're going to be caught. And that should be a natural instinct. That just kind of goes without saying. And to me, it seems pretty obvious that this person, which had attended those schools when they were younger, had a grudge. I believe it was probably an anti-Christian grudge. You see, what I have figured out a lot of times in the trans community, they believe 
that God made a mistake. I, as a matter of fact, when I was in college, and I'll give you a little story, uh, back, uh, I can't remember exactly the date, but I was in a philosophy class, and the teacher identified me as someone who was pretty opinionated, you can't imagine that, can you, and not afraid to speak their mind. So we were having a discussion about transgenderism, and this was back before transgenderism was really a big thing. This is back before it was not trendy. Uh, it was not all over social media. It was actually right at the beginning of social media, uh, the beginning of, of uh, Al Gore's famous internet. <laughs> I say that because, you know, Al Gore claimed he invented the internet. But it was a back around that time, and we were talking about transgenderism and how at that time it, it represented 0.005 of the population. But it was an anomaly, it was something to look at and think about. So we were talking about it and the person sitting in back of me, when the teacher said, what do you think? And the person in back of me was transgender. And they said, well, I just think that God made a mistake and put a female spirit in this male body. And the teacher could tell uh, my eyes were about to explode out of my head. And I basically rolled my eyes like, oh, yeah, sure. And then he turned to me and he says, Drew, what, what do you have to say about that? And I turned around and looked this person right in the eyes and I said, do you believe in God? Oh, yes, absolutely. I absolutely, I believe in the creator. I believe that God, you know, and his son, Jesus Christ and all that. And I said, okay, what is God? And this person said, oh, well, God is perfect and omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent. Wait, 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 go back. Did you say God is perfect and omniscient and omnipotent? That means all-knowing and all-powerful. So does a perfect being make mistakes? And the, of course, this person could not answer. <laughs> they got a little incensed with me, and I just turned around, and the teacher continued on with the discussion. But at, at the end of the class, a teacher actually said, hey, by the way, Drew, good job. Um, I may not agree with everything you say in class, but he said you were pretty much on target with that one. So uh, thank you for participating. So I believe a lot of these people that are in the trans world believe that they know more than God, that God made a mistake with them. And they believe they can correct that mistake through surgery and drugs. The same way people that believe in climate change believe they can improve on that which God created, this planet Earth and all other planets in the, in the solar system and all stars in the universe, all galaxies in the universe. So there, people on this Earth actually believe they know more than God. Shall we say they have a God complex? I think that's probably pretty accurate. God created this planet to inhabit life for millions of years. He also created the sun in just the right distance from the earth to warm it in the summertime and cool it in the wintertime and created storms and wind and hurricanes and volcanoes and tectonic shifts and all these things that are never 
figured in to all of the numbers they're trying to give us when they say that we are now going through the warmest year on record in this planet or on this planet. Well, on record, we've only been keeping records since about the mid-1800s, maybe 1700s with some old journals and stuff. But, you know, if you go back to hieroglyphics in caves, they were not talking about the uh, overall surface temperature of the planet. And like I said last time, Michael Mann left out that medieval hump that had a higher temperature. So all these things basically come down to people believing they're smarter than God, that they're more powerful than God, that they actually know more and can do more to save this planet and to improve on human life being created. They believe they know more than God. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, God does not make mistakes. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and perfect. Now, of course, you may disagree with me. And if you do, please don't hesitate to write. Even if you're an atheist and don't believe in God or a higher power, okay, and you want to basically debate me on this, I am perfectly willing to do that. Right now, we'll only be able to do back and forth in emails. Eventually, I do want to turn this into a podcast or maybe a radio show, hint, hint, wink, wink, uh, where I can have guests on all the time and just talk with them. I love the format of Joe Rogan. I really do. It's awesome. I, I rarely can sit through his entire three hours because they just sit and BS back and forth. But I learn a lot when I watch Joe, Rog Joe Rogan's prod podcast because he just sits there and BSs with people and they talk about relevant subjects that people are wondering about. And he speaks with very knowledgeable experts in different fields. I also really enjoy Russell Brand's podcast, and I know he's got like 5 million people, and Joe Rogan's got like 10 million, and I can only hope someday that'll be me. But I really do like hearing other people express other opinions, whether they're just a little off from my beliefs or they're polar opposites. I love to talk with people that don't get offended by me having a different opinion, and I believe that's something that's really missing uh, in our world, that we've gotten so divided and people are go to the nth degree when someone has just a different opinion about them. They go to the nth degree and basically consider them evil and that their opinion should never be allowed to be expressed. When did we get to this place? Oh, and by the way, like I said, we can have a debate via email right now, but in order to do that, you'll have to write me. Drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Oh, one quick, very relevant news story of the day. Do you remember when I played Matt Taibbi and Mike Schellenberger uh, talking in front of Congress about the Twitter files? Well, funny thing. When Matt Taibbi was testifying in front of Congress that Twitter was being manipulated by our government, guess who showed up at Matt Taibbi's front door while he was 
testifying. That's right, our favorite three-letter agency, the IRS. Can you say intimidation? I'll be anxious to understand or to uh, read or hear what Jim Jordan discovers when he brings the IRS agent in to testify as to why they showed up on Matt Taibbi's front door the day he was testifying about government interference in social media and influence in social media. And just remember, Matt Taibbi is not a conservative. He wrote for Rolling Stone. He didn't vote for Donald Trump either time in 2016 or 2020. He's a really old school liberal. But still, when he had the audacity to testify in front of Congress about the government colluding with social media to censor conservative voices, the IRS showed up at his doorstep. How interesting. Okay, and the thing I was going to talk about in the last episode but didn't get a chance to is AI. And for those who don't know, it's artificial intelligence. (laughs) AI is getting super scary. I listened to an expert talk about how artificial intelligence can focus on two things at once. So they were focusing on an individual's eyeballs when they were looking and experiencing certain things visually. And then they focused on their brain scan and what happened to their brain when they were seeing these images. And then artificial intelligence is intelligent enough to where when they turned off that eye that allowed the AI to scan the eyes and the visual of what the person was seeing, they could almost exactly recreate what that person was seeing just by reading their brain scan. That is scary intelligent. And it's no wonder Elon Musk Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, and a thousand other tech specialists are asking for a six-month pause on the development of AI technology beyond GPT-4 because they're worried that technology is developing faster than we could keep control of it. Now, honestly, I'm not worried about evil machines you know, taking over, uh, aka the Terminator or anything like that with the red laser eyes. But what does worry me is I could see AI determining something illogical when the decision was based on emotion and not making that decision if given full autonomy and allowed to make those decisions. So just to give you an example, I believe AI will be great in some areas. I believe that AI, basically, there's some occupations that will be easy to do with AI. And sadly, one of them is a writer now, because the reason why we know that now is someone tasked ChatGPT to write a, I think it was five or 10,000 word essay on some topic in some form. Uh, You know, they gave it all these parameters and it did it in seconds. So that's definitely something that's that's not good to think about. The AI could take over for writers. 
uh, but also coders and uh, IT professionals and different things like that should be worried. But in my mind, I think things that should be determined by AI should be the things that people tend to judge way too much by emotion. For instance, would AI have called the summer of 2020 riots mostly peaceful? I don't think so. Would they have declared the case strong against Trump and Russia collusion based on the Mueller report and the other things that came out? I don't think so. Like I said, they proved Russian meddling, not Russian collusion. And would AI have stifled opposing beliefs about the origins of COVID or effectiveness of the vaccine? I don't think so. Just some things to think about, good and bad about AI. But the truth is, it is getting scary how fast AI is progressing. Then recently, a bill was introduced to Congress called the Parental Rights Act that gave parents the right to know what their children were learning in school, uh, not to force teachers to, uh, and telling them what to teach, but just to give them an idea of what their children were learning in school. And also to be able to opt out of some things that they don't want their children to learn. Because there are some parents who have stricter moral standards for their kids than others. And I know AOC likes to call it fascism, but... No, Miss Alexandria Occasional Cortex, this isn't fascism. Fascism is not to know what is being taught to their own children. Fascism is the state and schools hiding from the parents what is being taught to children. That, Miss AOC, is fascism. And one other thing I want to cover before I go to my positive moment for the end of this podcast, and it's going to be definitely not positive, but it's obvious the trans community is getting very, very upset that they are being exposed because this Saturday, the trans community is going to have a day of vengeance this Saturday in D.C. What do you think's going to happen? on a day of vengeance by the trans community. And also, anyone that has dared publish the flyer that was posted online about the trans day of vengeance or anything else with details about that has been banned from Twitter and other social media platforms. So obviously, Elon, you still have some moles working in Twitter that do not want free speech. and. Once again, please understand I have nothing against trans women or men. Nothing. I am not a transphobe. That's another thing that really drives me nuts. When, when someone says you're a homophobe or a transphobe or a Islamophobe or a xenophobe, phobe means afraid of. If you do not believe that transgenderism is normal, that does not make you afraid of transgender people. I am 100% supportive of trans adults. I am 100% against adults forcing trans ideology on children, especially children that are so young, they don't even understand anything about their bodies yet. 
if you give a five, six, or seven-year-old their choice of what they want to eat every day, it would be cake and ice cream nonstop. So as adults, you have to step in and say, no, you have to eat some healthy things too. That's how adults raise children. We have too many people in this world where they're allowing children to raise other children. And like I said in another podcast, we have too many parents that want to be their children's friends. They want to be the good guys. They want to be the ones that give their children everything they want and remove all obstacles from their life and all challenges and remove all trophies and grades. And we are living in an insane world where children are not being raised in preparation for the real world. And it's no wonder so many are having mental breakdowns and mental issues dealing with what just everyone else calls regular stress and dealing with what everyone else calls offensive language, language which you can easily ignore or change the channel or walk away from someone speaking it. Like I said in another podcast, the Constitution does not give you a right not to be offended. In order for that to happen, you would have to remove someone else's right to free speech. All right? So that's all the fun and good fuzzies that I have to share with you today. Let me give you some great advice that was given to me years ago. And all of those around my age and older will remember this. When we were kids, we used to say sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I don't know what happened to that saying. I don't know why kids don't still say it. It's true. Sticks and stones will break your bones. But if someone calls you a name, unless you choose to let it hurt you, it won't. And like I said in my very first episode after my little two-minute teaser, my very first episode that was about why Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine at this time. At the end of that, I said, you have to choose to be offended. You have to choose to be angry. You have to choose to be sad. You have to choose to be hurt. No one can make you do those things. No situation can make you do those things. Remember that. I, I just felt a need. I needed to repeat it again. Because it's so important. Dr. Wayne Dyer was the one who said this. And, and his, in, in the seminar I went to, I was just literally blown away. I, I had to write it down and I repeated it over and over and over again. No one can make you mad, angry, frustrated, upset, or offended. You can just as easily be uplifted, happy, entertained, full of joy. But you have to make that conscious choice yourself. That's the difference between what I said back then and what now. You have to make that conscious choice not to be offended, not to be angry, not to be frustrated. I know it's going to take some work, but I promise you it'll be worth it. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Watchdogs Bark. If you have any comments, positive or negative, I welcome them all. Drew at the Watchdogs Bark. And until next time, create an amazing day.